an area of innovation I'm particularly um, bullish about, and that's the Internet of Things. Welcome to the Instec London podcast. This is Matthew Grant, one of the partners at Instec London. In this episode, I'm talking to Sean Ringstead, Chief Digital Officer at Chubb. Sean has been Chief Actuary and then Chief Risk Officer for over 15 years, originally at ACE, which acquired Chubb in 2016. He took on the newly created role of Chief Digital Officer, reporting to CEO Evan Greenberg back in 2017. Now, Sean lives in Bermuda. Uh, We caught up when he is over in London. He travels widely. Uh, He's a big fan of the potential from the Internet of Things or IoT. And in our discussion, he shares a lot of practical advice about areas to focus on for anyone building a technology business and a hint of some of the things to come from Chubb. Sean, thanks for carving out time for my know what is a, a busy schedule for you. Uh, we've known each other a long time, given that we are talking about sharing information. Uh, how, how do you personally, given you've got a lot going on, how do you learn what's happening out and about, both in the industry and as we're talking about innovation and sort of new companies that are emerging and new technologies that are emerging? Well, good morning. It's nice, it's nice to see you, Matthew. Um, be curious, and you, you have to you have to explore things outside of your knowledge and your, and your comfort zone. So I, I read a lot. There's an awful lot through tools such as LinkedIn, but notwithstanding digital, big believer in going out and meeting people and spending time with people in, in different places. Yeah, well, I actually use you as an example of how LinkedIn is changing because you know, five years ago, you rarely found somebody in a senior position posting on LinkedIn and, and so my example is if, if Sean Ringstead takes the time to comment on, on LinkedIn then I'm guessing you're also reading on there and it's an indication that LinkedIn is becoming increasingly valuable as a, as a way of sharing information. It's a terrific source of information. It's, it's still digital though and you're still consuming it digitally and ironically though there's, there's no substitute for meeting people or going to see how companies are are doing things or a new a new tech startup and you look people in the eye and you can you can tell if it's if it's real or not yeah you've got a pretty hectic travel schedule each time i talk to you you're in a different different part of the world um but we're here to talk about about your role and chubb and what chubb is, is doing digitally so mm. you've been in this role i guess what a couple of years now um so yeah how's your vision for what the digital future for chubb should look like evolved over that time I, it, it remains the same. I think it's a, a really exciting, exciting vision, and and I think, you know, not everybody's familiar with insurance, but I, I think insurance is incredibly exciting, and it, it's what makes economies work and, and societies work. You can't do anything um, without without insurance, and so as as everyone digitizes, insurance has to has to digitize too, and so we want to be part of that, and it's not. It's not that everything within Chubb is going to become digital. We're not going to be a digital company that way, but we're going to be a company that, that competes and succeeds in a digital age with a, with a customer that's very much front and center of, of everything that we do. So it's, I think it's a very, very exciting vision. And, and talking about the customer then, what, what changes are you seeing and what their expectations are for you as a, as a partner and insurer for them? Well, I think all, all, all customers, right? Whether you know whether it's on the on the personal side or the or, or the business side, right? We've all been uh, now 
conditioned to that that Amazon experience, right? You know, I want it here, I want it now, and I want it personalized to to me. And I think it, you know, first person foremost, it's is putting you know everything that we do, whether it's product and service, has to be customer customer centered. You're thinking about how a customer accesses our product and service. You're thinking about how we communicate with 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 customers. Um, and you want to do that all, you know, notwithstanding digital, but you do want to do that with a with a human touch, right? And that's always going to be so important for us. Um, and not losing sight, right? We're we're in the in the claims business, and we pay and we pay claims. And you know, the example I give is a couple couple of years back, uh, two years ago in the hurricanes, we answered 98 percent of all calls within milliseconds, seconds, right? Um, and that. That wasn't done by robots. That was each call was answered by a by a human. So um, it it's making making the, the access points for a customer digital where where it makes sense, underpinned with it with, with a human touch. And then it's about the actual product and service we provide and making sure that that's relevant today. So you know, you, you exposures are changing and shifting in, in in different ways. We want to simplify the product, explain the product product better um, and providing new types of services to 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 customers over and beyond the you know the traditional just just paying a paying the claim one of my experiences of sharp has been that you tend not to get ahead of yourself in terms of talking about what you're doing you tend to get on with doing it and then you announce it and there's some pretty significant partnerships in there so in the in the extent that you can share with us some of the things that are going on you know, where or more maybe more generally where do you see some of the greatest opportunities for innovation with uh, the, the technology that's either out there today or technology you see coming in the near future well you're right we've we're, we're very execution focused um, and partnerships have been been you know it's very Big part of our digital efforts and, and partnering with um, players around major players around around the globe for, for digital and you know that that acts as a, a catalyst for for innovation because you are you're front and center now in terms of how to provide product with a partner to to a customer so I think that's been um, very very crucial for us and how we in how we innovate. Um, you know, you, you can think of innovation you know, in you know whether it's product. So, product innovation is 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 incredibly important for, for insurance. It has to adapt. It has to evolve. As mentioned that it has to be has to be simpler and more understandable. But you, you you think of you know for example we're partnered with with Grab, which is the the Asia equivalent of of Uber, and now you're thinking about product that's for a driver, you know, passenger. And it's and it's it's real time. It's a different it's a different type of product than say we might have offered five ten years ago, in a traditional insurance sense. You think of innovation in in the service area. Um, so an ex- some examples of that would be what we're doing in in the states for our uh, you know high net worth book. That in terms of the risk management services that we're that we're providing, and, and much of that is digitally enabled. Whether that's you know wildfire alerts, hurricane alerts. Um, or just providing, say, you know, I'm, dri- I'm driving home, and you may not want to go that way because the storm's coming coming this way. Um, to you know, an area of innovation that I'm particularly um, 
bullish about, and that's the Internet of Things. And I think increasingly, uh, with with the cost of uh, of sensors, etc., coming down on five G, um, the ability to connect sensors, uh, you know, whether it's around building or people or mobile mobile assets, I think is really going to change how how we think about how we think about insurance. All of those. You know, the examples they gave in terms of product or in service, um, etc. All of those are underpinned by by changes in in technology. And I think we we discuss a lot. We focus on something. You know, this flavor of the month in terms of tech, and it's going to solve solve everything. But you know, it's important. I think to put the problem first. What you're trying to do, and then often the technologies that you're knitting together. Um, to, to enable that, it's going to be a mix of things, you know. So if, I, if I'm trying to enable something that's real time, um, say it's the trip I mentioned or, or, or car, I mean, you're going to need cloud. You're going to need artificial intelligence in that, um, you know, whereas say something like the, the IoT and the sensor is going to need a different mix of mix of technologies. So, so just going back to that last point about IoT, uh, but also putting it the problem first. You know, one of the challenges up to date has been getting corporates, enterprises to share the data with their insurer uh, and finding that suddenly other insurance companies I've spoken to find it difficult to actually work out the way, their way into that uh, world. I mean, there's a few things happening on the, the personal line side, but I mean, how are you seeing opportunities where you can actually demonstrate value to your end client over and above. You'll, you'll adjust your premium because they've got a sensor. But how, how do you encourage them to share the data with you that they are themselves generating? Well, I think that you're right. There's a distinction on the consumer side and on the on the commercial side, and you have to be very mindful of of regulation and data privacy, data security, etc. So, I think the the the, the trend will. Start to be quicker on the on the commercial side than it is on the on the personal side, and and then clearly you have a different you have a different service proposition and discussion with a, with a commercial client about the value of sharing that about the value of sharing that information. So just coming back, you talked about <clears throat> how do you encourage your your generally about how do you create an environment of innovation and the balance between looking at a solution and and looking at technology. Uh, so what are examples of where you've created a space in the company to enable people to look at opportunities that may not be either a direct part of their job today or certainly in many cases are not going to pay off for time periods beyond the one year that they tend to get rewarded for in a traditional work environment? It's a great question and it's it's um there's a lot of energy and excitement around around the company with with digital and innovation. And you asked me earlier about how I get my information. Well, everybody else around the organisation is doing doing the same thing. We're all curious. We talk to people. We're out there in the in the in the day to day. So, um, you know, I think the the balance is to make sure that you're very focused on on the again. I come back to the problem that that you're trying to solve. It's not. It really isn't innovation for innovation's sake, and so, in my view, you just have to be so focused on what the business problem is that you're trying to that you're trying to solve, and then um, understand those parameters, and then you bring to bear the the, the tools, um, the new the new thinking 
right, to help with the with the problem statement. So they could, you know, mention the sort of the customer experience. So that's something that we're very, very focused on in our personal lines book in in the states and making that customer experience the best the best that it can be. We're very focused on what we call two question underwriting. So in the in the states and elsewhere, how can we simplify the underwriting process, the customer experience, and the underwriting insights, just just by knowing two two answers, three answers better from a from a customer. So being very focused in these areas, partnerships, as I mentioned, are very important for us. So um, making sure that you know we're set up in a way organizationally. And then how those teams work and operate, agile and in, in, inverted commas, um, is is important. We, we we've not set up in a way where we have uh, an in, innovation lab inverted commas that's that's sitting that's sitting there somewhere. We've we've got um, innovation, but it's harnessed very much with the, with the business problem in mind. And, and to that latter point, I mean, I've certainly met a few people in Chubb who either got a title of innovation or they, they tell me that they're, they're part of an innovation group. So I assume you've got uh, some people out there looking after mm-hmm. that that particular role. Um, there's a challenge though that many companies have, and it's interesting how you, how you resolve this, where ideas can start in that group, but at some point they have to find a home in the, in the core business. And so back to this point about if you've got, if you've got people with their day job and they've got to go and get something done, how, how do you ensure that the ideas that come in, the, the people involved in bringing in the new ideas, scanning the horizons, are actually able to successfully deploy those into the, into the businesses? I understand that it's part of the strategic goals for the company, but that's often where yeah, many large insurance organizations have failed, and certainly people bringing ideas into companies have struggled. They, they can get to POC, but they, they don't get beyond that. Well, I, you know, I, I say all of this in a humble way, right? I'm not saying we've we've got it right, and, you know, we've, we've certainly... You, know, you, you encounter you encounter some some dead ends in, in in what you do, but you just have to get up again and keep and keep going. You just have to be relentless and and focused on this. And I think by harnessing it to a, to a, to a business problem um, and solving that in a in a meaningful way, um, then we can do two things: we can continue to go deeper in solving that business problem, but given the size of the organization, we can now take what we've learned there and apply that around the rest of the organization, knowing that, that it's been successful in this in this application. So I, to me, it's, it, it's about focus, it's about execution, and you just gotta be relentless. And you know, you, you get nine days out of 10, you fail, right? You have that one day out of 10 and, it, and it's a good day. And, and that's what you have to, but you, you need, you, you don't want butterflies. Right, you just go around from project to project. Uh, you, you need people who are just going to be relentless and uh, and are will to succeed. Okay, I'm trying to think what the animal would be that if it was a if you take the equivalent of a butterfly or the alternative to a butterfly that would keep going and bash its head against the wall and that. Um, but anyway, it's not a woodpecker, but it's something like, something a bit more ferocious than a we'll, woodpecker. We'll, uh, we'll take input on on that one. But I guess the other thing, maybe just you're maybe just either too modest or too close to it to see. But certainly, my perspective, you know, having yourself who reports into the CEO and Evan Greenberg who's, who clearly makes this part of the strategic part of the company you've got the, the sort of heritage of Ace itself is a you know, 
grew rapidly, was an individual company. Yeah, it's just, it starts from the top. And I think for people who are then within the business and can see that it's, it's not just got support from the top, but it's actually a meaningful part of how the company grows, that must make a big difference in terms of, as you said, if people just, you know, they keep going. If they fail, they know that ultimately they're going to get rewarded for uh, success. You're right. It, it, it starts from the top. And then and the other, I think, you know, for us as being part of the business, it's not, it's not separate scaffolding over there and it's you know well what are these guys done done today you you you're in there you, you're part of the business and you've got the the business support and as you say you know the top down support you know from from avenue has been a terrific supporter of it all and you know has have you know his colleagues and then board support as well so you know you're top down um and and part of the business and i you know i well, time will tell, but I, I think it, it feels the right model. And so usually when feels, things feel right, that's a, that's a good sign. Good. Uh, well, just talk a little bit about partnership. You've had a number of well-publicized partnerships out there. Most of them, you mentioned Grab, but your Bunker's another one. I just had one recently for Malaysia for a, a telecoms company. Um, but most of them seem to be fairly large organizations that are, have already got an established presence or have, have grown quickly with good uh, with good funding, but how, how do you see the balance between working with established organizations maybe coming in from outside of insurance with you know, the, the sort of classic idea of a startup of a couple of people with a good idea, but still fairly early stage? Well, it, it depends what the startup's doing. So, you know, the, the, the partnerships that we've that we've announced, um, you mentioned Grab, I mean, DBS out in Asia are great great partners in Latin America, Banco de Chile and City Banamex, Mexico and Chile, both both very large uh, banks with a great with a great pedigree. So we've we've announced more what I would call um, partnership customer facing type 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 deals. Um, you know, we, we we do work and we partner across a, a range of of tech providers that, you know, literally for for people in the garage, right up to up uh, up to the bigger ones. So it's it, it really does depend on what you're trying to what you're trying to solve for. And so on that point, so people that do have an idea, they want to present to child. What's the best way for them to sort of uh, speak to the organisation? Have a have a very clear um, business business purpose and a rationale. Um, have a very clear approach to how you're going to going to succeed, um, and in, in, in a proof of concept, and you start small, and you and you prove something out uh, to 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 get scale. Um, so it's a competitive world out there. So good luck. And who's, um, but whose door do they knock on in in job once they've got their, their act together and want to go and talk to somebody? Come on, come on, knock on my door. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> okay, well, we, we, I'll um, present three doors, right? I may be behind one of them. You've got to figure out the secret code. Uh, well, come along to Instec, and uh, you've got you've got some <laughs> colleagues there. They have an informal chat over over a drink and, uh, and a pizza. But we're very we're very um, we're very friendly, uh, but we're very uh, execution oriented. So. That's great. It's the only way to do it. So we uh, we, have managed, we haven't talked about blockchain yet. Uh, it would be good to know what you're seeing specifically as opportunities that may come out of blockchain uh, this year or, or next year. I think the, the, the best thing that happened to blockchain uh, was Bitcoin. 
and the worst thing was Bitcoin. Um, so there's a lot of noise, and it, it, it's interesting to me, right, that you, when you're in discussions you know, with, with a range of people, you spend a lot of time trying to explain the technology. And I think about other use cases and applications, and people almost take the technology for granted, and it's about what you're going to do with it. I think um, from what I've seen, the, the, the technology broadly, broadly works. And the question is not so much around, you know, does, does, does the tech work? It's is industry ready to use it? Um, because the benefits accrue to the more people that, that participate. And so I think it's almost a game theory um, type, type discussion. And uh, you've, got, you've got a number of companies in the industry who are sitting around the pool and everyone's looking at each other saying, I don't know how cold the water is, but you don't know until you jump in. And you've got people still in the changing rooms, right? Who haven't, who haven't, who haven't come yet, come out, come out of the changing room yet. Um, but you need some folks to, to, to jump in the pool, and in that way, that's how you're going to get the benefit of of scale and, and, and data um, data exchange. And there are promising models around um, how that might the industry might use that that technology. That are, that are starting to starting to emerge. You think subrogation. You think you think reinsurance. Um, there are a number of areas where the industry is inefficient about about data about data exchange. So I think it's less about the technology, and I think it's more about industry's willingness to to jump into the pool. Okay, so it sounds like it's still too early to take a specific view on what you might see coming out from B three I or anybody else in the next uh, twelve months. <laughs> Yeah, because I think it's it, it, you, you, you're now having a different different discussion, right? It's it I, I I believe it's not really around does the does the technology work. The discussion is around market practices mm-hmm. and what what's the cost benefit and the willingness of individual players and collectively to change business models that have been unchanged for twenty twenty or thirty years, right? So I don't have a crystal ball on that, right? But that's. That that's a different level and set of set of discussions that are that are that are going to have to take place and are taking place. Yeah, you may have a crystal ball, but I think you've got a better better view into that than many of us do. Uh, so, what other digital technologies do you have the sort of greatest hopes for in the in the short term? So, the next couple of years, we talked about we talked about a couple of blockchain, we talked about IoT, but in, you know, the sense of actually things that really will make a difference. In that short horizon, is there anything there that you're particularly excited about? Well, for me, I think it is the Internet of Things. I mean, there are a lot of enablers out there, um, and, and, and clearly, you know, the pace continues to to quicken. Right? Whether it's cloud, uh, whether it's whether it's five G, all, all of these are going to be very, very important enablers. Um, I think I, I think the Internet of Things is a is a big one that just has such a it has the potential to have such a profound impact in terms of how the industry prices, well, how it assesses risk, exposure, and then prices for it. You know, whether it's a whether it's a building, a car, or or you as a person, right? This this spans. You know, I put, when I say Internet of Things, you know, it spans the wearables and on the on the life and A and H side. So it, it's it's a pretty broad and encompassing um, 
technology. I, I would say as well, right, that, you know, you, you do have technologies. Increasingly, you start to get a glimmer, um, and some of it is, is real, particularly in Europe, right, if you think of GDPR, of how um, regulators, and ultimately this is going to, you know, ripple through society and up into, you know, sort of into politicians, but how some of this is going to be regulated. And that could could slow down some of this and, you know, for good reason, right? But, you know, that that's going to be a, that's going to be a balancing force on, you know, on some of the potential and, and how it might be applied. Yeah, I mean, balancing force, but also it's, to me, it's a kind of third leg of what drives it's certainly in the insurance space, innovation, the obvious first two are helps people make money or helps them save money. But it's certainly you look back at businesses that have grown, you know, including where we you know, first came across each other in the world of catastrophe model, and that was originally driven by regulation and rating agencies. So you're absolutely right. You know, that, that's sort of a lot lurking beneath the surface. So Sean, Chubb announced last year a partnership with Harvesting Boiler to get access to sensor data from, from corporates. You've talked generally about how you, you see that being one of the areas that's going to be the most advanced, with the greatest advances in the next couple of years. But just more specifically, as you think about whether it's buildings or machinery breakdown or wearables, uh, which ones do you think are going to be the most noticeable and have the most impact from a, just back to where we started from your customer's perspective in the, that, that two-year time frame? I, th- I think it'll be across the board, Matthew. I mean, we're very very excited by the partnership with, with Steam Boiler. It's, it's consumer as, as well as corporate. I mean, on the, on, on the consumer side, we see a number of applications, whether it's, you know, the sort of the predict and prevent type type approach with, with picking up a change in water pressure. Um, or your boiler's about to blow in the in the basement, and and now you're down a new service model paradigm, where uh, not only am I reimbursing you for that, but I've also saved you an incredible amount of time and time and trouble. If you if you happen, you know, you've got a very nice vacation home, and you happen to be away, but now you've got an alert saying that something's happened there. So that that service model is is, is starting to to evolve on the on, on the commercial side. You know, I think you know. Across the industry, there's there's a general issue with um, with water water type loss in, in 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 commercial buildings, and so I would I would see sensors making uh, a significant impact in that in that area to you know increasingly um, in in industrial type type facilities um, wearables preventing workers being in being in dangerous zones, and they're all they're all emerging um, and you know at, at, at different paces because you do have to be mindful of, of company structures and how they operate and and how they think and you know particularly on the consumer side you have to be mindful of of, of regulation so they'll, they'll all move at different at different paces but you know I think in the next two to three years we'll, we'll be looking at a much much broader um, use and application of um, IOT and basic basic risk management, and that'll benefit clearly benefit customers, and, and, and it'll benefit insurers too. Good. Well, I hope so because my uh, insurance policy, which was held with a leading 
insurance company not called Chubb. Brand uh, X. But I won't name them. I just gave me a 140% increase because they generally <laughs> suffered uh, water leakage damage. And when I uh, phoned up to inquire why it had gone up so much, they told me I was lucky it wasn't 170%. So um, hopefully if Chubb come up with a better way of managing <laughs> I'll leave. I'll, I'll leave you my business card. <laughs> I hope like to, well, I get the friends and family rate for uh, my, for my insurance. Uh, Sean, I know you've got a lot going on. I really much appreciate you taking the time to, to talk today. Uh, thank you very much. A pleasure. That wraps it up for this episode. You can find out more of what we're up to at London, including our forthcoming evening events. If you like our podcast, we'd welcome your feedback on the app or wherever you are listening, or just email me at matthew at with whatever is on your mind. <laughs>